FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 378 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. Welcome to Kid Cable's Playhouse. I am your host, Grumpy Old Man Cable, and I'm joined by uh, Young Hip Cable from Excalibros. Hey, Young Hip Cable. I'm probably more like middle-aged Cable. (laughs) (laughs) Just past his prime Cable. Right. (laughs) No, of course, I'm Jason, and the smooth voice you hear there is uh, Georgie from Excalibur's. Um, How's it going, man? Uh, Bottoms up. I'm uh, drinking some coffee, so cheers to that. It's a... There you go. (laughs) If it's not coffee, I'm drinking beer. Those are my two drinks, so... (laughs) You can guess it's in the morning right now. Right. (laughs) Well, we try not to get too serious on this podcast, but we do, um, you know, hope that everybody's doing well in the midst of the these uh, crazy days. And if nothing else, you know, if you are in the situation of a lot of people and kind of stuck at home, whether you're well or not, uh, maybe this podcast will give you some a way to kill some time. So uh, George and I will will miss Dan, but we're going to talk about some comic. Which Dan is fine, by the way. <laughs> That was, that was a bad transition. <laughs> uh, we missed Dan. Uh, we'll see him in the next life. Like, right. <laughs> it was no, really no. like flippant, like, yeah, Dan died, but whatever. We're, we're soldiering on. No big deal. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, sorry. That was that was a terrible, uh, terrible segue from bad news to just, by the way, Dan's not here today. Um <laughs> Or any other day. Right. <laughs> but we're only going to talk about, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks of Dawn of X books. Um, you know, hopefully take your mind off some of the outside world and let's just dig into some, uh, we'll say various level of pretty good comics. Um, yep. Before we get to those, <laughs> uh, a quick apology uh, to both Dan and Georgie and Uh-oh. the um are you guys going to keep covering this book? So, Excalibur number eight was pretty terrible, I thought. You know, I won't say it's terrible. I'll let you guys say that in your podcast. I'm going to say this book is not for me. <laughs> I'll put it that way. You know, I was really hoping to enjoy this series. I was excited about Betsy being Captain Britain. I wanted to continue to follow Rogue and Gambit. Um, but this book is just not doing anything. Um, Mm, the team, they, they hunt some werewolves, they get a werewolf puppy, they give to Rachel, and that's about all you need to know. Um, it's not a book we enjoy. Um, I think terrible is an apt word. I think if you, you looked in the thesaurus for other words for terrible, those would all be appropriate <laughs> to describe this book. Um yeah, I mean, we we have a group chat, and I think we we were all like, "Yeah, what's the direction with this? What's happening? Like, is there any focus?" And now we know that there's this crossover coming. So, are we going to have just like multiple books with no focus, or is 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 the writer so she's got so many ideas going? She needs a bunch of books so she can get it all out there. Like, I feel like we're either going to have like a masterpiece, 
or it's just going to be the 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 most discombobulated event we've ever had is is what we're going to see here. So it's uh, we're still yeah. covering it. We have a big episode planned to record tomorrow with a lot of stuff. Okay, um, but. Let's look at it this way. We're, we're we're reading the old Excalibur books, and we're at a point in those book in that book where it's not that great either. So <laughs> it's not like so. So what I'm hearing is the Excaliburs are questioning their life choices. Um. Yes, <laughs> I think what we we definitely will do is after we finish talking about Hickman's New Mutants, we're not going to cover that anymore. Right. Well, us either. <laughs> But luckily, that book just kind of carries over into Hickman's other stuff, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. Yep. Um, yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to podcast softly and carry a big freaking microphone and um, <laughs> move into Marauders number nine, George, which so you know get some better comics than Excalibur with Marauders. So, Georgie, what what's this one all about? Well, this is by. Uh... Jerry Duggan uh, is the writer. Matteo Lali is back as artist. Edgar Delgado, color artist. RBC's Joe Caramagna is a letterer. Tom Muller, design, with the cover by Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson. And on the cover, we've got uh, Bishop firing at uh, a little yellow jacket here. I, I, I don't know. His face is a little feels a little wonky to me, uh, Bishop. But otherwise, I kind of like the, the motion and the feel of this cover. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I. I agree. I think if you if you stare too hard at Bishop, um, it's maybe not Dodderman's best work, though. To be fair, the hair still looks gorgeous. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and some nice dreads. Um, but I do, I like the yellow jacket. I like the color work, especially kind of yellow jacket and his kind of uh, the trail of his jet boots as he kind of goes in front of uh, Bishop's, I guess, Tron gun there. But it looks, it looks really cool. I, I like the color work a lot. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a good cover, if not great. Yeah. Um, I think with this issue, I'm glad that Lolly's back on the book. I think uh, his artwork was a little bit missed. Mm-hmm. Um, to be a little disjointed on, on the review here, um, I, I really appreciated it, especially when he was drawing men in the book. His Emma was kind of wonky the whole way through for me. Um, but I, I think that his return to the book was uh, was 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 lovely, um, even if there are a couple panels that aren't, aren't the best. Mm. Yeah, right out of the gate, we get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Gene on the cover on the hood of that firebird. Uh-uh. It, it's interesting because Pyro looks amazing in like every image he's in yeah. here, but yeah. Gene and Emma are sometimes like, really, what happened? Kind of a I don't. They look like body dysmorphia. Gene or Emma has like a really puffy face, or her her body proportions just seem weird. If that makes sense, right? It's, yeah. Anyway, um, Kitty's still not back, and uh, inside of Pyro is Yellow Jacket, and so we see him arrive on the beach. He's, it's like he's the star, and Gene's waiting for them, and they get in like a 1969 Charger or something and, and drive off on the beach, and then you realize, oh, wait, this is just Emma, like, weaving a tail in his head. Uh, she calls Bishop, and they uh, pull another fast one on Yellow Jacket, and for a second you think that... Um, uh, Pyro has been exploded from the inside, but it's all just been a thing, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Then Magneto's like, hey, we need to have some better security, maybe some telepaths on the beach. Uh, they they throw uh, Yellow Jacket out into the ocean, and then Emma confronts the little kitties. They're like, hey, stop playing games. 
And um, then we realized that they're having problems uh, resurrecting Kitty, and we don't know why. And uh, Emma's really upset by this. And then we see Kitty's, uh, or rather Kate's uh, dragon wakes up uh, from a nap with uh, this, uh, this person who saved him from the ocean, and he starts flying back home. Uh, the end. It was really kind of a fast review, but yeah. um, you know, I, I felt once again the writing was was great here. You know, after flipping through it again, there's like maybe Lolly wasn't great coming back because there are panels that are just amazing, <laughs> and then other pages you're like, who is it? like the so, DF? There, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is not it's not the best. So Gene looked consistently terrible. Um, there's a Firebird she's on. I kind I think there's a great opportunity, right? Because you know the old the old classic Firebird cars yeah, on yeah. the hood had a phoenix on right. the hood, right, as their logo. And then here's Jean, like that's her car of choice. It's even got like the what's that called a T roof? Yeah, it's not yeah. a convertible, but the two little uh, panels slide out. But it just it looks bad, and she doesn't look any better as we go. Um, the car looks great though. Yeah. Now remind <laughs> me, which what? So this is not gay pyro. This is the other pyro. No, this is Australian Pyro. Okay, all right. So he's he's straight and horny. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's why that works. I really so I agree with you. The writing is really good. I think uh, Dugan playing with the resurrection idea really helps you wonder what's going on. Right. Because when Yellow Jacket first like is like, oh no, they found me out, and he he enlarges and blows Pyro up from the inside. Party is like, okay, well, maybe that was Bishop's plan because I'll just resurrect him later, right? No big right, deal. Right, right, right. Um, but then you find out that, um, you know, they tricked him, you know, telepathically. It was also a good a good play. So I, I think that the writing works really well. Um, Emma really kind of not publicly displaying, but privately really struggling with the inability to bring Kate back. Um, I thought it was really touching. Um, and then of course, Lockheed, you know, he's going to leave, but he's going to, he's going to leave his, his savior, uh, a breakfast of a fish tail before he goes. And he tucks her back in with his little dragon mouth and her sheets. I thought that was cute. It was a very adorable. Sure. All right. So as much as I was like, Oh, why is there a stupid werewolf puppy in Excalibur? Little Lockheed being sweet to this girl was, I think, all the things that went for, but working. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. This is like an actual char- important character to Kate, who's right, like returning, not just hey, we've got werewolves. You liked wolves before, right? Let's let's right. do some more <laughs> werewolf stuff. Yeah, but um, overall, it was a, ver- a very strong issue that maybe parts of the art kept up with, parts of it did not. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate, but uh, yeah, not terrible. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed the read, even if sometimes the artwork uh, was, I, know, I guess the wonky is the, the, the word I would use here. Right. All right, what would you what would you give Marauders number nine? I think I'll give it a high four, if that makes sense. Like, the, the writing was really good. I, I, I was flirting with giving it a five, but the artwork just is too inconsistent here for me to give it such a high mark okay yeah i think i'm uh i think i'm right there with you really high four out of six claws for me um there's definitely some emotional beats i think is the way dan described it a very emotional issue 
that I think definitely propels, keeps the story kind of propelling forward, um, even though not necessarily a lot happened plot-wise in this issue. Sure. You, got, you had a lot of personal dynamic stuff that was really good. So I do really love that very first page where Pyro is like getting off and he's like the hero on the beach and everyone's like, what's to get with him? And he's just <laughs> right, having a great right. time. Yeah. Yep. And he basically drives off into like an eighties action movie. <laughs> yes. It's so it's so it's like remember at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure where they have the movie of his life? Yes. Yeah. That's what this feels like. <laughs> oh man. Maybe I should go back and give this a five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just really great writing. Yeah. 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 Well, Let's stay in the uh, the the Dugan corner of the X verse and uh, mm. move on to Cable number one. Speaking of eighties movies, we'll get to this cover in a second. Um, but uh, where are the credits on this bad boy? Here they are. Okay, Cable issue one, Big Guns. Uh, of course, written by Gary Dugan, uh, artist Phil Noto, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, designed by Tom Mueller. And the cover by Phil Noto. And if you remember New Mutants number one, uh, Rod Rice, Rod Reyes, which probably not be the last time I'm going to bring him up in this issue. Sure. Um, but that we talked about how that cover had like this great like old school like 80s action movie, adventure movie like poster kind of vibe. Definitely. I feel like this cover has the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Kid Cable front and center. Locked and loaded, we have some kind of like gladiator helmet in the back, and then we have, of course, Wolverine, we have Pixie, we have a little plant kid, silver samurai armor, and then in the very bottom, a tiny kid cable shooting at a giant monster, which originally I thought might be that Griffin guy, but it's just a random monster, as we'll find out later. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, when do, when do you think of the cover? Uh, superb. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Um, <laughs> even 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 like the tagline for the movie is great on this thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Speak softly and carry a big freaking gun. Yeah. Um, is is really great. And of course, you know Mueller's design um, with the cable logo. You know, yeah. His his design work is all good. It works better on some titles than others. New Mutants was one mm. that. It worked really well with. I think Cable is another one that it just it really fits the cover motif, as sure. well as just being a good design. Like it mm-hmm. is the synergy is really there. Um, sure. Yeah. So in this issue, we are are we introduced or reintroduced to the idea of the quarry? I feel like we've had some of that before, but I might be mixing it up with the Crucible. I think it's the Crucible. Yeah. Okay. But it's the same type arena. It looks the same kind of thing. And so it's basically like X-Men Fight Club. And it's kind of like a danger room, I guess, scenario. But if you lose, you owe someone a marker. Yeah. Uh, and so the the round we start off with is Wolverine versus Kid Cable. Um, we get some great art. Um, even almost like a... A telepathic holy shrack Batman um, when Wolverine cuts Cable's big gun in half. Uh, Cable tries to call a timeout. Wolverine's like, huh? But then t- Cable uses his TK with great color work uh, to stop Wolverine's claws. Um, 
punches Wolverine, grabs the two halves of his big gun, and gets them stuck on Wolverine's claws. Uh, we have Gorgon and Callisto drinking some bourbon or something in the stands. Um, Ken Cable headbutts Wolverine and says he's going to use his body weight with the adamantium skeleton against him, and he pins him to the ground in Silver Samurai with the best-like frowny samurai mask. Um is the referee. He declares Cable the winner. Callisto loses a bottle of, of alcohol to Gorgon. We see the Logan-like fan club in the audience, which is great. I love it. <laughs> I like Logan's like name spelled across their chest like they're at a football game. They have like different versions of face paint and the cowl. And one guy even has like a glove with fake claws on. And they're like, aw, boo. <laughs> and then um, so Logan's like, you cheated. And he's like, well, no, there's no cheating here. And it's like, okay, fine. And so then, except so for what they say, except for what Magic did, and we'll we'll get to like the list later. But I'm really interested to know how she was disqualified. Yeah, yeah, she was. She got a DQ for something. So I'm wondering if she tried to teleport somebody away, or teleport half of somebody away, or oh, something. Jesus. <laughs> but um, so Logan owes Cable a marker. And then he's like, all right, that was fun. See you later, Uncle Logie, or whatever. And then Silver Samurai's like, hey, you want to fight me? And uh, (laughs) and then we get a really funny part where he's like, "Um, I don't know. He's like, is your intention to give everyone on the island a marker? Shut up. It's a pretty funny interchange there. Yeah. We get the the bracket or whatever, you know, um, the X-Men March Madness. So, yeah, Gorgon beat magic through disqualification nightcrawler had a draw with blank um two of the cuckoo sisters fought each other rogue beat havoc magma beat firestar which i don't i don't like that as much um uh-huh. m beat bishop i wonder if that's m or that his own face tattoo beat him i'm not sure <laughs> um wolf's bane takes out pyro dazzler takes out jubilee which i'm not in love with uh um, yeah, me neither fought each other uh, Callisto beat Pyro, Callisto then beat Fish, then Callisto beat Jumbo Carnation. So she had like a three win streak there. Right. And then, of course, the match we just saw, Cable beat Wolverine. Um, a fun little like use of the, the media page in this book. Um, Definitely. And then we see that Cable has, a, I guess, a, a hangout time with Pixie and a new like tracksuit. Yeah, that was kind of fun. And uh, armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as big a fan of, of her kind of Star Trek costume. Um, but they meet this kid who comes in. His name is, or their name is Curse. Um, and they lost their friend at the edge of where Krakoa meets Monster Island. Because remember, they like made it or something. And um, right. so C- Cable's like, okay, well, don't worry. Your secret's safe with us. We'll go save your friend. And the friend is Fauna, who's on the cover. He's like a little green kid with uh, green hair. And they have, like, plant-type powers. And they're running through the, the woods or whatever. And Cable finds them, calls Pixie and Armor in. And that's where we meet our gorgeous, giant-like lion troll monster. It's huge. And um, we kind of get, like, an old-school fable, like the lion with the thorn in the paw. Um, he's got, like, a sword stuck in his paw. And Cable's the mouse. And um, we also get a thing. So, so Pixie like fairy dust this poor kid to like make them think that everything's okay. And we get a really wonderful page where yeah. like the monster turns into like a big stuffed animal. 
And Kane was like, here, have a present. And the monster's like, thanks, buddy. And the grenade's like a baseball, and it blows up like confetti. <laughs> and the kid's like laughing. But then it kind of backfires, because the kid's like, oh, well, I can just kind of walk over and pet this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Cable has to save him from a big chop. He throws him to Armor, who catches it. Or no, throws him to Pixie. Then Armor catches Cable. That's when they realize there's something stuck in the paw. Cable pulls it out. It's a giant space sword, which we find out because it kind of bonds with this metal arm. Then it belonged to an old space knight. Not Rom, but um, Morn. Morn the space knight. And Morn the space knight originally fought this monster a long time ago. So I guess this monster's been grumpy for like millennia, maybe? Yeah, that's, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. But um, the space knight died and Cable they thought was dead, but he's not. He's like, oh, I always had a big gun, but now I got a big sword. And he raises it up in the air. Uh, I'm assuming this will lean into or play a part in the X Swords crossover we have coming up. Or oh, prob- oh no, oh, or boy. at least use it right. And then oh. I gotta say, <laughs> no, I'm sad. Uh, I was happy you made me oh, sad. Sorry, sorry, I brought the mood down. Um, <laughs> so then we get an awesome. Um, Scott's like visor coming out of a cave where it's like a black cave and we just see like the red line with kind of a glow around it and Cyclops comes in he's like uh, I like how all the kids like stand in a line like at attention <laughs> he's like you know you guys are not supposed to go to Monster Island he's like, yeah but I got a sword and he's like huh well, that is kind of cool alright you're fine um, <laughs> and then we go to some distant planet with a museum and there's some Space Knight bad guys, I guess. Uh, they look like old robot toys, which is kind of the Space Knight vibe, right? right. Uh, and they suddenly wake up and because the sword was charged. So they're going to fly and find the sword. And then we get uh, a beach with some giant crabs. With some, By the way, the change in the color here is flipping fantastic. Sure. And Noto no did all the colors himself, so m- much credit to him. And it's not just the color, it's also like much more sketchy uh, yeah. artwork yeah. as well. Like You feel a different vibe here. Yeah, totally different. And someone's fighting this giant fire crab, which I believe is a callback to a really old Uncanny story from back in the Cockrum days, uh, where they fought some giant crabs. Maybe I'm connecting dots and aren't supposed to be connected, but um, that's what it reminded me of anyway. And we get a kaboom, and then we get possibly my favorite image of Old Man Cable ever, um, at least in a, several years. And sure. we have Old Cable in this very like red sky. He's got almost like a robot horse from east to west behind him. Yep, yep. And then he's got gun blazing. He just blew up the crab, and. We don't really know why he's fighting the crab or what he's trying to do or how he's... I mean, I guess we know how he's alive because timeline hijinks. But, um, yeah. So I guess we're, we're building towards some kind of confrontation with old and young Cable again. Uh, maybe the rematch. But, um, yeah, this art... So, Georgie, remind me. I know Noto's been doing a lot of covers. Mm-hmm. Is this his first sequential art interior art since the lovely black window series he did no he did um like a chewbacca series for oh, the star wars gorgeous yes yeah and i think he did one other but i can't remember at the moment okay, okay. all right cool yeah I, I was very happy to see him 
back doing like a full book and hopefully he's able to kind of stay on this for a little while um, because it makes the book the writing is good but the art makes this book um and very similar not like it's aping because i know he's been doing what he's been doing for a while but it has a similar vibe to what rod reyes was doing over in new mutants um Uh kind of sketchy some kind of like line sketchy line work around action like there's the part where um cable stops wolverine's fist and there's just like random squiggly lines around the fist it looks very much like something we would see yeah, in the better of new mutants but yeah. it's just oh my gosh the book looks so good i'm gonna shut up what, what do you what do you think you know, about this book i think you just continue on the artwork i think there's similarities between noto and reyes i think part of it is because they're both like painters Right. So um, there's going to be a little bit overlap. Noto feels a little bit smoother. Yeah. Uh, and and not that like he's a, like smooth as in he's a a better painter, but just his style feels a little bit smoother. But I also love that both Noto and Reyes have really great like facial. They're really great drawing like very specific and lifelike details in the face. Like when Fauna smiles, like when he's got the pixie dust, like you could insert that that image right there into the Reyes book or vice versa. And you'd be like, Oh my God, these guys are so good at drawing emote, emotive faces. Mm-hmm. Um, the artwork throughout is super engaging. Um, and, and then you, you read through it. You're like, Oh, this is like a double sized issue. So Noto really put the work in here. Yeah. Um, and, and no slippage. So, so kudos also to Dugan and the other guys on edit, editorial and whatever, we're giving Noto the time to really deliver a bang up project here. Sure. As you know, this took a long time to do. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is is worth every panel. Um, yeah, and Duggan does, you know, it, it, I think it's apt to compare this to the first New Mutants issue um, in terms of style. I think the writing is 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 also really fun. Like this is a character I'm not super interested in, but Duggan made right. me follow along like even especially young cave i'm like ugh. but but this book i was like oh well all right once again it's not the character it's the writing and the artwork that'll make you love something i mean we said it right. about uh when gene gray was kid gene gray or x-men red we're like all right you put the right person on the project and you can make me love basically any character here so <laughs> right it's all-star work all around um it was such a surprise and even at the end i was like all right Old Man Cable, screw it, yeah. Let's see where this is going. Like, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I kind of was too. And if you would, so if you would have just sat down and said, "Hey, all right, so here's this Cable book. He's gonna, he's gonna fight Wolverine in a Fight Club. He's gonna go save a kid and save a monster. And then the reveal is that Old Man Cable is alive somewhere, somewhere, and there's gonna be an inevitable kind of showdown. I would have been like, uh, oh, past." Um, <laughs> right. But then when I actually read the issue and and see the issue, it's like, okay, I'm so glad I got this. And it's just it's a wonderful, wonderful book. You know, I don't know if Dugan sells me quite as well as he sold you on Kid Cable himself. I was a, I was still a lot more interested in the other characters in the book than I was. Right, right, Cable. right, right. Um, but still, though, the book was so fun and. Honestly, you know, I was even I was okay with the fact that the quote unquote title character was kind of just one of the characters in the book, sure. um, and it really, but but he did he did add some endearing aspects though. He was not 
he felt like a teenage boy in, in a good way in that like trying to balance like his natural maybe his kind of sweetness or sincerity that he doesn't want to show kind of behind like this like oh I'm supposed to be growing up and watching it like it, yeah. it felt very natural and real to a younger kid who's in this warrior type situation who is not supposed to be soft and sweet but still has some of that sentiment left in him um, sure, it sure. felt it just felt really good um, you know, yeah. people can have that like douche bro vibe you know, yes. big guns, but oh, <laughs> but this was like, all right, you you dialed it down and maybe showing a little bit more of his like inner emotion here and allowed him to have friends and family. It's like the the great part about these these Don of X books is you're allowed this new beginning has allowed characters to like move past some old hangups. So uh-huh. it's it's a good chance for for Cable, even Kid Cable, to like move on from his maybe earlier trappings and it right. becomes something a little better. And I, I think they do a really great job here. Yeah. Well, and just like we talked about X-Men, I think seven, it was with, uh, Laura kind of just saying, okay, right. forget fallen angels. This book also, it's like, it's not even recognizable to the cable character that was in no. fallen angels and as, as vastly superior. So it's a good thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, man, I, I knew, I not no, no is not the right word. I was suspicious with no toe on the arc that I was gonna like this book more than I quote unquote should. But even with that in mind, it still surpassed my expectations. Yeah, I agree. So Alright, well it sounds like we're both pretty high on this book. How high are you? Yeah, I don't I'm I'm right in between a five and a six on this. This is a little yeah, tough for you- me. Yeah. yeah, like, it's great, but this I don't know, maybe it's still my hang-up with, with Cable that's holding me back a little bit. I don't know what it <laughs> <Right>? is. Something <laughs> something is like, it's, it's like, I almost feel like I've been dating a girl for a couple dates, and I'm like this close to jumping into like a relationship. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on for a minute. We don't know her quite that well let's, yet. Let's, let's tap the brakes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you, and I think, I think I'm going to settle on a five because I'm not, as much as Dugan and Noto sold me with the character work, they still have a little bit of work to sell me on on this Space Knight story. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the other <laughs> piece. This, yeah. It's not something I'm necessarily naturally excited about. Now, they they may change my mind, right? And, and kudos to them what they do. But when you say, hey, we're going to bring back the classic toy line, Rom the Space Knight. I'm like, mm, I don't know. So... So maybe this is a five out of six clause that maybe one day we I retroactively look back and say, well, it probably should have been a six. But I think for now, I'm going to play it safe and go with five out of six clause. But a pretty high five. Yep, exactly the same. Totally. All right. Very cool. We are we are flying through these books. <laughs> um, we only have one more, and that's X-Men number eight. X-Men number eight. We have writer Jonathan Hickman. Artist uh, Mahmoud Azrar. Color artist Sunny Go. Letter of VCs Clayton Cowles. Design Tom Muller. Cover by Lionel Francis Yu and Sunny Go. Um, so I just. <laughs> something felt different about the art. Uh, sorry, I had kind of a brain fart there. Uh, the cover here we have uh, a number of X Men fighting the brood and Cyclops going crazy. We have um, just everyone just in a fierce fighting 
stance here. Uh, explosive, bloody, gory, but like, I, I really, really enjoy this cover. <laughs> I don't know about you. You know, we read that X-Force book that was just like, blood is, is, is good. This feels like gore is good, but in a very like well-done artistic, like monster movie sort of way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think, so you have certain strengths, right? I think right. The, the brood drawing monsters like that is in his wheelhouse. And sure. these brood look fantastic. Cyclops looks really good as well. I like his pose. It's kind of a, a, a twist on kind of a classic Cyclops motif. I don't know if I've, I can say I've seen this exact pose before, but it looks very similar to something that like a classic, like sure. strong Cyclops and blasting up into the air. And then kind of the extra touch of the brood like. <laughs> Goop falling down the optic blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I think if I if I focus too hard, I'm not in love with some of the other human faces. Right, but, but it's okay. I think overall the co- the cover works really really well. I think Dazzler's sword looks really cool with kind of the extra magic energy. Sorry, did I say Dazzler? Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, magic's sword with kind of the extra energy trail as she slashes around. Um, Looks looks really really good. I think it's I think it's a great cover, for sure. So uh, we're back in Krakoa with the uh, Academos habitat, the sextant. Basically, where we all have the different buildings for the younger generations, and we have the New Mutants waking up and they're looking at their bounty from their space adventure. So kind of a continuation of New Mutants here. Yeah, uh, which is fun. Then we see often like the, the far reaches of space that there are these giant like shark, dead shark things that are carrying the brood. And they're like the brood are in search of the king egg, which is what they uh, stole at the end of New Mutants. And you're like, all right, this is going to be this is going to be something. Uh, then we, we fast forward to Gabriel, who's having a crazy dream of like when he died in space, he wakes up to his brothers who are like, yeah, you died last night drinking. Um <laughs> And Gabriel is 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 so batshit insane here. It's it's perfect. Um, you know we have a slightly different art from you know uh, you uh, on this book, but I, I feel stylistically it's a it's a nice trans transfer if that makes sense. Yeah, like they seem in the same kind of wheelhouse uh, as are um, and and Lionel you. Um, it even took me a while to realize. Oh wait, this is slightly different. Oh, that's why it's uh, Azrar, <laughs> which is. Hey, we loved we loved him on Red. I, I think we we loved him. What else was he on recently that we? Oh, his covers for Excalibur as well. You know, yeah, uh, great artist. So Gabriel wakes up. They look into space and they see these giant like shark things coming at them, and uh, it's going to be a fight. And then we cut back to the New Mutants. They're getting uh, some visitors like Brew, and uh, they have some nice like fun banter here. Uh, a few little jokes, and Brew's like, why do you have a king egg? Oh, crap, we're all in, in trouble. This giant <laughs> shark lands, and Magic's like, all right, time to fight. And just a giant monster fight breaks out, and it's it's glorious. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were sort of entranced by the cover, but uh, this panel here of Magic and um, who is that? Uh, Danny? Uh, yeah. Just fighting uh, Brood. Is, yeah. yeah, it's super gorgeous here. Uh, the other X-Men join the fray. A lot of battles. I, I always love when Cyclops and Magic are in battle together. They work so well. Um, especially when he's like, hey, Commander, I need, to, I need to do this thing. Are you ready? And she just like growls back at him. And he's like, good girl. 
like she's so in her element. Uh, it's great. So they decide they're going to take the king egg into space. That's how they get saved. Um, and then we f- we go out into space and we see that, um, at, like at the end of, of New Mutants, the Starjammers have been captured by, um, I'm so terrible with names. Uh, Ronan the Accuser. Yes, Ronan That's the Accuser. And he's like, I want my egg. And he's having a uh, he's having a, a long distance Skype conversation <laughs> <laughs> with Bobby. He's like, "Yeah, I'll get your egg, but you got to let them go." Um, and then we we cut over to Gladiator and Kid Gladiator who are having some space fights, and they're like, "Oh crap! There's a other stuff going on. It's time to hunt bigger game." Um, an end of issue, and I thought this was uh, also quite spectacular. Uh, this this book. Uh, the artwork was gorgeous. I think once again Hickman is just on it with character interactions, uh, his his dialogue, and he's we, we say it every time, but he's really able to paint each character, like differentiate between each one as uh-huh. he writes their dialogue, and you feel like they're different and consistent, and you're like, oh, this is like I don't know what else to say about this book other than to like drool over it and and and, and fall asleep because it's just so wonderful. I. Yeah, no, this uh the art is amazing. The color work also really really good, especially in uh Gabriel Vulcan's dream. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like kind of the extra color there. You know, I love I love that Hickman just kinda of dovetails his half new mutants right into this book. And then adding some key X Men to kind of, you know, saying this that's that's why it's the X Men and not just the new mutants. <laughs> um <laughs> Is, is really cool. You know, Azrar does does a couple of things here outside of just being naturally gorgeous. Um, I'm talking about Hickman, Hickman giving distinctive voices. The panel, which I've seen tweeted a lot of, of uh, Vulcan kind of hungover, laying on the floor. But I really want to draw attention to Scott and Alex there because they look related. Like, they're making the same pose, but they're yeah. not quite the same. Scott stands up straighter. Alex kind of leans over because he's in, like, the, almost the dynamic between them and that they're related but different. Like, maybe Good I read call. too much That's into crazy. that, but I thought Azar really did some cool stuff there. And then Alex helps him up while Cyclops has his arms crossed. But then Cyclops afterwards puts his hand on Vulcan's shoulder. Like, the art really conveys kind of the character differences as much as the dialogue. I'm just I don't I don't know I you wonder because we know Azrar's a good artist he's done a lot of really good stuff before but I don't know if he's like doing a run on this book or a fill in and you're curious like okay if he's just coming in for this story like how much time did Hickman really have to get each other like really in sync but they they're in sync on this issue whatever prep they needed to do to make this work and come out as kind of one. Because when comic books are at their best, the writer and the artist are kind of working as one, and this definitely feels like that is the case. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing not to to keep more praise on Hickman, but like you see him work with different artists, and no matter who he's working with, it, it feels like they're working in stride, and that's mm-hmm. that's another great sign, like behind the scenes, that he knows how to work with an artist. It's another like facet right. of writing that you may not. Yeah readily understand as you're reading a book but he's like all right with this artist we got to do it this way or this is how we get on the same page it's like another strength that you don't necessarily see up front but you're like okay yeah yeah he should just keep writing x-men for as long as he wants because (laughs) right yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love I love magic in this book. Um, she's still kind of sassy and smart ass, but has has more depth than like say when Vendus wrote her, which I enjoyed Vendus's magic. But Hickman, you know, gives her a little more meat. Um, yeah. And Azrar, man, she looks just stunning. Um, that and that's a tricky costume, right? It's really easy to draw her with that armor and those booty shorts and just go, oh, sexy magic. And I mean, she looks good, but it's not over sexualized, which nope. is nope. fantastic. And he he really nails the uh, the the headdress or the the scalp wings or whatever magic has however, however that works because it's under her hair and through her hair but obviously some kind of helmet um you know the is it the Ascanti? it's not i remember it's similar to the Ascani, but not quite the same but the the big space whales that the brood inhabit and i gotta say i don't know if this ever looked creepier than it does on page three with the brood like crawling in and out of the eye sockets and the mouth yeah. like fire ants on a totally. cruise um, just killer. Um, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just raving about this book, but, um, magic, that scene you pointed out with magic and Moonstar is just classic. And then as much as I'm ready for Jean's costume to catch up to giant size, all right, go potty, buddy. The, uh, you can go in here, go in here. The, uh, the panel of Cyclops and Jean busting through the gate looks phenomenal like that is such a great panel um yeah i mean even if you look at that she's not like overly sexualized in that panel either right no not at all and then when she's fighting she looks like a normal person instead of like giant tits and ass everywhere right like a regular person (laughs) (laughs) and then you talked about cyclops and magic working together with the kind of the the dialogue, but also when, when Magic makes all the teleportation holes and Cyclops shoots through them, right. <laughs> and all these optic blasts come out of like the sky and start messing up the brood, and then Magic's face when she's like cutting through the brood when uh, Jean's telling Cyclops like they figured out what's going on and make them play with the egg. I, I don't know. This this book just sings. Um, yep, as Dan called it, the best. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think Dan said he he neglected to comment on Excalibur. He said <laughs> Marauders was emotional, Cable was really good, and X Men was the best. And I'm 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 there. Um, where I was on the fence with giving uh, Cable six claws, I have no hesitation to do that here. No, not none at all. This is easily a six book. Uh, it's. Perfect. I mean, I don't know. You can always find little little things, but basically as perfect as you can get to a uh, a book right now um, in these Don of X books. It's just yeah. yeah. I just I just keep flipping through it right now as we're talking, just flipping and enjoying <laughs> and looking. There's, yeah, it's a great. You know, you ever you remember the old Adult Swim uh, uh, cartoons where they would take like the seventies. Like C Lab and all that stuff, and they would cut it up and do like really janky animation uh, and uh-huh. like real laughter. There's a great moment here where they're they're in the spaceship and Gabriel's like, "I need to hear you say it." And Cyclops says it, and then you cut to Gabriel like this big guffaw laughing. I feel like that's straight out of like <laughs> like a C Lab <laughs> issue right there. It's so like these little moments of like fun levity that also feel like odd in a way that fits in with with the tone of the X books. It's just right. so perfectly done. Yeah. 
uh, Azrar's Starjammers look great. His Ronin looks great. Um, I was glad to see Kid Gladiator come back. That's always fun for me. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah, you don't want to toss around perfect too lightly, but it's really, really close to a perfect comic. Um, yeah, I will read this again just for the hell of it when we're done here, probably, and just just really, really, really good book. Well, you know, moving forward, we've got you know stuff we're not really covering anymore, like X Force and New Mutants, and whatever. But we've got a, a giant size Nightcrawler's coming up. Hellions is coming up. Another yeah. issue of Wolverine is coming up. Um, like this is, you know, some stuff's leaving and new stuff's joining. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, got a lot of. A lot of fun stuff on the horizon, so we'll, we'll definitely try to get to, back together soon and talk about some more great X-Men comics. Um, Before I go, I just want to say to everyone that I finished uh, the third season of Legion. Um, Legion, rather. And uh, if you're looking for like like weird, wacky X-Men stories, you should definitely watch that on, um, I guess it's on Hulu now, the whole thing. But so it's yeah. uh, quite excellent. Yes, uh, it's one of my favorite shows of the last few years. It's it's right up my alley as far as the mix of like modern camp and just kind of being melodramatic and weird and odd, but still kind of having a few kind of X-Men touchstones kind of in there. Um, right. And just, it, it was a really good show that, that I enjoyed the heck out of. So I would echo Georgia sentiments for sure. If you get the chance to go watch that, you know, I would say it might work. I don't know. Georgie, how you did it? It might work better to to watch all three seasons pretty close together. Um, yeah, it's all think, pretty entwined, and like characters yeah. leave and come back. So if you're not paying attention, you you might miss some things. Right, but but yeah, no, one hundred percent agree with Georgie there. Uh, a great great show, totally worth your time if you haven't seen it already. Um, really, the casting in that show, I do a bang up job with. Sticking the right odd ducks in the right roles. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just love sure. how, like, the mix of kind of, like, lo-fi, almost kind of Wes Anderson-y effects versus, like, some of the more, you know, I guess, um, complex effects in the show. It's just a really nice balance. It works really well. It's a great artistic theme that, that they keep throughout all of it. You're right. Like, mm-hmm. some lo-fi 60s stuff with some, like, very modern sci-fi things. And they're, like... They added like all, all, basically all new characters for that series, like new mutants, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I'm like, oh man, now I don't get any more. Like the, uh, <laughs> like the the Carrie, you remember that character where it's like the two that would split uh-huh. apart, come together. Like yeah. I need more of that that character because they were both both of well, I, I really love the dynamic there. I it was yeah. <laughs> there are things I'm gonna miss very much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's kind of what. And I don't know. I it may have been intended all along to only do three seasons, but I, I, that's one of the bummers of the merger that I don't think we'll get another show like that anytime soon. Yeah, but, yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, Georgie, um, thank you so much for coming on and talking some X Men. Why don't you do some uh, Excaliburs plugging? Uh, yeah, so Dan uh, and I run Excalibros. We cover Excalibur, Exiles, and uh, Generation X. 
we should have a bumper issue or maybe a two two issues coming up shortly um, where we're going to cover the old issues and the new Excalibur and New Mutants uh, Hickman only. I hope I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever Dan tells you to do. Well, right? Whatever as, as much as we're able to like stomach, that's what we'll cover. I think. <laughs> um, but we're basically a bi-monthly uh, podcast. That means like two a month ish. And uh, you can find us at Excalibros. Just look for us on you know iTunes or whatever. Just search for Excalibros, uh, and we will be the first thing to pop up. Very good, very good. Well, as always, uh, for the podcast to go Snick, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast, and uh, show notes and stuff for Snickcast.podbean.com. Um, hopefully, I really hope you're enjoying our, our Donovex coverage. This is one of my. Uh, favorite episodes to do whenever we get the chance to do it so hopefully you guys are liking it just as much as listeners but um i guess if not i mean i don't know what to tell you we're gonna keep doing them so because <laughs> because i have a lot of fun i feel like georgie and dan also have a lot of fun so we're gonna gonna keep trucking along but um yeah anything else you want to add georgie uh great books thanks for having me on i, I, I love talking to you about comics and uh, we'll see you next time sounds good All right, everybody. Well, until next time, hugs and snacks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And snacked.